The second reading from Scripture is Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. This message, this portion of God's Word, will also serve as the basis for the sermon message. I solemnly charge you, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready, whether it is convenient or not. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with all patience and teaching. For there will come a time when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, because they have itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in line with their own desires. They will also turn their ears away from the truth and will turn aside to myths. As for you, keep a clear head in every situation. Bear hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. You see, I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness. The Lord, the righteous judge, will give it to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to everyone who loved his appearing. This is God's word. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what makes the wells unique? I suppose you could come up with any number of appropriate answers. You could say that we're unique because, well, we respect Martin Luther very much and all of the teachings that Luther gave us in his catechism. You could say that the Wells is unique because whether I worship in a Wells church in Minnesota or Michigan or Maryland, it's pretty much all going to sound the same. You could say the Wells is unique because we have the best potlucks. I bet you could come up with any other, many more acceptable ways that the Wells is unique. But I think that there is one that takes the cake. We are committed to preaching that Jesus Christ has rescued us from sin. Everything that is written in the Holy Bible is the message that we preach on Sundays. And that's great, isn't it? I mean, it's a joy to come here every Sunday to sit in these pews and hear how Jesus has redeemed you. It's a joy that, to hear that the pastor reads all of God's word, especially those comforting passages that tell us that God is, is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. All of that is great. But what happens when the pastor tells you things that you don't like to hear? Something that makes you uncomfortable? Something that upsets you? Something that exposes you? Paul warns us the temptation that all sinners face when pastors preach things 
that his people don't want to hear. He says this, The time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. That time is now. We live in a time when people do not want to put up with the correct teachings of Scripture. A time when they would much rather handpick and select their teachers who say whatever they want to hear. So I suppose the question for all of you today is this. Do your ears itch? When I read verses 3 and 4, I can't think of a better description of our current culture in America. Right? When, when someone says something that people don't like, what's their response? Cancel them. Right? Block them on Facebook. Report their content on YouTube or suspend their, their Twitter account. We Americans are very good at shutting out those that we don't want to hear and don't agree with. Apply that then to Christianity. When a pastor preaches a sermon that people don't want to hear, what's the response? A sermon that tells us, you know what, God does have a standard for how he wants you to live your life. God does tell us what married marriage should look like. He does tell us how we should raise our families, how we should treat other people in the community. Right? And sadly, sinners often refuse to accept in moments of weakness what God says. They turn aside to what Paul calls myths. And myths are really just anything that is a false doctrine, something that God does not say in his word. And so when pastors preach the truth, the temptation then is to turn away from whatever doesn't make you feel better about yourself, whatever doesn't flatter your ego or give you credit, to turn away from, from the evil desires and thoughts that you maybe want to have. Instead of accepting the truth and the correction and rebuke, people scratch their ears by listening to other messages like, it's okay to believe whatever you want to believe. It's okay to read the Bible and, and say, this is what it means for me. It's okay to love whoever you want to love, or to disrespect those in authority. In a sad, sin-stained world, the reality is that people wander away from the gospel. They wander away from what Paul calls sound doctrine. But that would never happen with people like you and me, right? I know my own sinful nature. I admit that there are many things that God says in his word that I don't like. Like the fact that 
At all times, I have to love other people before I love myself. Or the fact that, that I need to forgive my friend even after he's burned me time and time again. Or the fact that, that I should be patient with that person who just gets on my nerves. Do your ears ever itch to hear a different message? Perhaps a message that's less convicting, less demanding, and more accepting, more tolerating? You know, as pastors, it's never easy to tell people what they don't want to hear. Right? I'd much rather write a sermon with all the warm fuzzies that fill you up inside, but then I wouldn't be preaching all of God's word. Sinners don't want to hear about how they are sinful, and they definitely don't like when other people rebuke them and correct them. And so that is why Paul writes this letter to Timothy and just urges him to fulfill all of the duties of his ministry. Not just do the things that are pleasant and, and fun, but it's why he encouraged him to, to treat his people with patience and carefully instruct them time and time again. Whether it's convenient, he says, or whether it's inconvenient. Preach the word. This section, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 8, I think it can be summarized in just those three words. Preach the word. When I started this sermon, I, I asked you, what makes the wells unique? Well, there's another thing that makes the wells unique from many other Christian churches. And that is that we have one of the most rigorous and intense training of the pastors. While some churches, they can ordain pastors that have just maybe months of experience and teaching, it takes us eight years to graduate from the seminary. Everyone who graduates to be a pastor in, from the seminary is very well trained and is instructed to preach God's word faithfully and carefully. In fact, if you ever have been to the seminary, outside of the chapel doors, on top of it, there's this writing in Greek. And the Greek says, Keruxita ton oyangelion, which translates in English to preach the gospel. It's the same message that Paul gave to Timothy. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season to correct and rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Now please understand, I don't share all that with you just to toot my own horn or to say how qualified I am. But I do want you to think about for a moment how blessed you are to have a pastor like Pastor Jenkins. One who has been instructed carefully and comprehensively the whole word of God one who cares deeply about preaching the truth to you. A pastor who loves each and every one of you. So what can you then, the flock of the shepherd, do? Well, you can serve your pastor in many ways. Encourage him in his ministry. 
provide for all of his needs, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Pray for him. My prayer for you today, then, is that you would listen carefully and respond faithfully as you continue to come here and worship regularly, that the Holy Spirit guides your hearts and your minds as you hear his word, and that it changes your hearts. And where are you going to find the strength to do this? It's in his word, that powerful word that tells you that Jesus loves you, that he has forgiven every single one of your sins, and that you are righteous in God's sight. Friends, you and I, we have longed for Christ's appearing. Some of us maybe longer than others. But we can't wait for God to come back to give us that crown of righteousness. Then we will enjoy a perfect new life in heaven with Jesus forever. But in the meantime, as you wait for Christ to return and give you that promised crown of righteousness, fight the good fight Keep the faith. Amen.